I just recently watched the Country Music Association Awards, and each time I watch it, I realize I've always wanted to go to Nashville, Tennessee, but I just haven't yet. I decided to research some of Nashville's haunted history to give me even more reason to plan a visit, and let me say I'm ready to go right now. So, listen up, because it's Jen, and you're listening to Southern Legends and Lies, where I'll tell you some folklore stories from the South, as well as the haunted history behind them. But it's up to you to decide if it's truly a legend, or just a lie. In the downtown historic district is Printer's Alley, nestled between 3rd and 4th Streets and between Union and Commerce Streets. This area was once the printing capital of the world. Publishing companies, newspapers, and printing shops were all located there. The area was a major work hub during the day, and by night they played hard. At night, Printer's Alley became a red light district. It was referred to as the men's quarter, where you could get food, a haircut, and then the company of a lovely lady. One of the better-known brothels was the Climax Saloon. On the first floor was a bar, second floor was pool tables and gambling, and third floor housed all the ladies. The third floor bedrooms were equipped with false walls to allow the prostitutes to hide during raids. Many murderers, fetishists, prostitutes, and generally all-around bad people frequented these blocks to see starving artists playing music and watch burlesque dancers perform. The local police were aware of much of the illegal activity, but turned a blind eye for the most part. One saloon in the district was called Southern Turf, a four-story building with a bar that offered to-go drinks, and the owner, Ice Johnson, lived on the third floor. The bar opened in the late 1880s, and in 1914, the doors were forced to close due to prohibition. I said he would rather die than leave his home, so he shot himself in the building. Almost immediately after his death, apparitions were seen on the third floor through the windows. The building was restored to house the Tennessee Publishing Company. The ghost of ice terrorized those employees, moving things from desks and scaring people with full-body apparitions that randomly appeared. Passerbys would see a shadow darting in the third floor windows at an abnormal speed, far faster than a human could ever move. In 1948, David Skull Schulman purchased the basement floor of the building for the Rainbow Room and created a very eccentric pub. Ice Johnson's ghost immediately started messing with him, loudly moving chairs and tables around. Skull was an eccentric man who wore bedazzled jackets and colorful patchwork suits. He dyed his pet poodles red and walked them on rhinestone leashes. He sounds absolutely fabulous. Elvis Presley frequented the Rainbow Room and gifted a poodle to him. Skull was named Mayor of Printer's Alley and everyone in the area knew him. His bar was frequently visited by many artists, including Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan, and even Paul McCartney once he moved to the area in 1974. He liked to showcase exotic dancers and performers. 
Skull was known to always carry wads of cash. In 1998, after running his business for 50 years and being 80 years old, he was robbed and had his throat slashed three times and a bottle smashed over his head. A cigarette vendor found him with his hands around his throat gasping for air. He was immediately taken to the local hospital where many famous friends rushed to his bedside, including Tanya Tucker. He died the next morning. Willie Nelson went on the TV show America's Most Wanted to help try and catch his killers. The bar closed and the building set abandoned for over 16 years. In 2016, during a renovation, it was over 90 degrees outside, but construction workers would complain that rooms would randomly go cold. Ice is for sure a spirit in the building, but many locals believe Skull is there too. They see him walking his poodles on the street and have even noticed them walk into a closed door to the Rainbow Room. Another famous bar in Nashville located on Broadway is Tootsie's Orchid Lounge. This opened as Mama's in the 1960s by Tootsie Bess. Tootsie hired a handyman to paint the building. When she showed up, it was the brightest color of purple she had ever seen, looking like an orchid. And so she renamed the bar Tootsie's Orchid Lounge. Tootsie's is located near the Ryman Auditorium and became the go-to spot for performers getting lunch or a drink before or after performing at the Ryman. Hank Williams died before the bar opened, but his spirit is often seen in the space between the Ryman and Tootsie's. In 2002, a full-bodied apparition of Hank walked past a patron, and they turned to see him, and he just disappeared. One night, Whistling Bill Anderson started playing Hank's songs, and everything shut down. Music, lights, even the exit signs. Maybe Hank didn't like someone playing his songs. Patsy Cline and Willie Nelson were known to frequent Tootsies, and Tootsie often hired many struggling artists. She was known to slip them extra money when she knew they needed it, and actually had a box of IOUs under the counter. At the end of the year, the artists would pool their funds together to pay off the debt so that Tootsies could still be in business. I'd say that we have her to thank for much of the country music scene. Speaking of the Ryman Auditorium, well, it's haunted too. The Ryman is known as the Mother Church of Country Music. It was built and funded by Thomas Ryman as a Christian worship center. Ryman started working for his father and was a Cumberland Riverboat captain. After his father's passing, he took over the company and grew the fleet to over 30 ships and opened maritime-themed saloons in the city. Most of his money was made in illegal activities. Illegal booze, prostitution, gambling, and more. A local reverend, Sam Jones, preached on Ryman and how he was leading the city to corruption. Ryman visited a tent revival hosted by the Reverend Jones just to see what was being said about him. And he completely turned his life around. He vowed that he would dedicate himself to the Lord. He built the Ryman Auditorium as his mission to bring religion to the city and have a place where Christians could gather and worship. In 1890, the building project cost over $100,000, which is over $3 million in today's funds. Thomas Ryman passed in 1904, and the tabernacle was renamed the Ryman Auditorium. 
the performing acts started to venture away from just Christian worship. Charlie Chapman and Houdini even performed in the venue. During the opera performance of Carmen, an otherworldly being started stomping loudly, so loud that people started leaving. The opera was about a gypsy temptress, so the spirit possibly did not like that sinful content. Many shows that were risque were interrupted in this manner. Folks believed Thomas Ryman was haunting the venue and disagreeing with the content of those wilder shows. The gray man has been seen many times in the Ryman. He is the spirit of a uniformed Confederate soldier who was believed to frequent the venue during post-war gatherings. He's seen in the balcony during rehearsals. If you get close, he just vanishes before your eyes. The lady is another entity that isn't a spectator, but rather a performer. Many believe it is the spirit of Patsy Klein herself. She is heard singing by the staff late at night around closing time. Hank Williams Sr. is thought to be a spirit that hangs around. He was diagnosed with spina bifida, which caused severe back pain. That led to abusing prescription drugs and alcohol. That ultimately was the cause of his death in 1953. Employees have heard his voice and songs being sung on many occasions. From 1943 to 1974, the Grand Ole Opry was televised from the Ryman. Many up-and-coming country stars performed on the show, and many, 37 over the years, died not long after their performance. Rumors surfaced that there may be an Opry curse. Stringbing Eggman and his wife were found murdered in their home. Patsy Cline died in a plane crash. Texas Ruby died when a fire broke out in her home. Many others passed after performing. When the Grand Ole Opry moved, the curse continued. And it's believed that because a portion of the original stage was removed and brought to the new location. After 1974, the building sat abandoned but was restored and reopened in 1994. You can now see performances at the Ryman or just tour the historic building. It's definitely on my list of places to see. Union Station Hotel is a gorgeous building in downtown Nashville. Originally, it was built in 1900 as a Gothic-style train terminal for eight railroads and streetcars. During World War II, 16 trains daily came through shipping thousands of soldiers across the country. In the 1960s, the railroad industry declined to only six railroads making stops, and in 1979, it closed and sat vacant for seven years. In 1986, it was remodeled and turned into a hotel, a four-star hotel with crystal chandeliers, cozy fireplaces, and Italian marble floors. During World War II, a soldier departed for France, and his girlfriend Abigail promised to be in that spot when he returned. Later, she waited on that same platform only to find out he had been killed while in Europe. She was devastated and threw herself in front of a moving train. Her heartbroken spirit is still there looking for her lost love. Room 711 is particularly haunted. That room is on the top floor, originally the attic, but it seems as if someone is walking on the roof 
just as you would hear someone walking in the room above you. On early mornings, you hear furniture being dragged. Phones constantly ring. Lights flicker. There's sudden drops in temperature and that uneasy feeling that you're not alone. No one is sure what spirits are there, but there are definitely some entities that cannot be seen. The state capitol building is haunted by two feuding spirits. Construction began in 1845 and was completed in 1859. It is one of the earliest structures to use wrought iron for supporting, and it is the only capitol building to double as a mausoleum. It is possibly the best example of Greek revival architecture in Nashville. In 1854, architect William Strickland died before the building was dedicated, but made it known that he wanted to be buried there. During construction, he squabbled with Samuel D. Morgan, who was chairman of the Capitol Committee. They fought over every expense and building cost. Samuel died in 1880, and the feud continued into the afterlife. Around 9 p.m., you can clearly hear an audible feud on many nights. James K. Polk, our 11th president, is seen kneeling in a dark suit in front of the James and Sarah Polk tomb and then suddenly disappears. An antebellum dressed lady is also known to appear walking around the grounds. Many think it may be Sarah Polk herself. Most famous is the cupola ghost. A Confederate soldier would guard the flag. When Union troops tried to raid the Capitol and take down the flag, he was shot and killed. He proudly guards the flag now, even in the afterlife. Another president, Andrew Jackson, is said to haunt the Hermitage, his mansion-turned-museum. Jackson is on our $20 bill, hero of the Battle of New Orleans during the War of 1812, and our seventh president, who served two terms. 500 deaths are reported on the grounds of his former home, and that doesn't account for the unrepresented slaves. He was a slave owner and responsible for displacing thousands of Native Americans from tribal lands. You can hear his spirit whistling through the corridors at night or riding his horse down the hallway. What, really? Imagine that scene. Andrew Jackson riding a horse, going down a hallway. I'm having flashbacks tonight at the museum. People have also seen apparitions of Civil War soldiers marching on the property and numerous other spirits and strange happenings. The Tennessee State Prison closed in 1992 due to inhumane conditions and overcrowding, but it is one of the haunted highlights in the area. The eerie building resembles a gothic-style castle that was featured in movies The Last Castle, the Green Mile, and Walk the Line, a movie about Johnny Cash. It was opened in 1892, and 125 men were executed in the electric chair they coined Old Sparky. You cannot visit. It's not even safe for tours, but even nearby you can hear echoing footsteps, screams, and the clanging shut of cell doors. I had no idea that Nashville had such a haunted history. I'm so ready to go and visit. Maybe bump into a few country stars. Who knows what could happen?